They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two men power trip of two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you and powered by audible at audible.com get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial especially for two-man power trip of wrestling listeners at audibletrial.com slash two-man power trip and with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player you will not be sorry again it's audibletrial.com slash two-man power trip of wrestling more on that to come a little bit later on and with that being said my name is chad and as always i'm joined by my tag team partner primetime john paz and john today on the show our main event guest is none other than now the host of the chavo show and that is chavo guerrero jr a member of the legendary guerrero wrestling family but before we get into chavo we want to just introduce in a friend of ours and that is bobby blackjack of the i-95 sports network and he's going to tell you all about his brand new i-95 sports network.com website and he's going to give you all the information about the shows that you can find on there great friends of the two-man power trip of wrestling so before we get into chavo john before i introduce you and get all the great information that you have on chavo guerrero let's throw it over to bobby blackjack and find out a little bit about i-95 sports and then we'll come back get into chavo the chavo show and everything there is guerrero and then a little bit more about audible but first bobby blackjack joining us on the line tonight is the president, CEO, and program director of the I-95 Sports Network, Talking Sports East Coast style. And joining us is Bobby Blackjack. Bobby, thanks for taking a couple minutes to talk about I-95. How are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Very good, very good. So tell us, what is the I-95 Sports Network? Well, it's a network that was sort of born out of um, – a, t- uh, a football show called Talking Football Live, which I started about five, six years ago with my cousin. And, you know, being in the New York metropolitan area, it is so hard to, so hard and even more expensive to find airtime to, to get on terrestrial radio. So after, uh, you know, being on Block Talk and some other, um, then some smaller AM stations throughout central and uh, northern New Jersey, you know, we just, I just decided to, you know, let's start my own sports network because I know there are a lot of people like myself who want to do this and either do it as a hobby or, or more importantly, as a possible job or career that, you know, cannot find this airtime. So I decided to build the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Network to, you know, eventually be home to both live sports talk, uh, the, the better podcasts that are out there, and now we're starting to move over to live sports programming. That's, that's really the genesis of you know, where this came from. Can you talk a little bit about some of the shows that are on the network, like specific shows? Sure. Um, our, our top shows right now would be uh, Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show, if you guys are familiar with. Um, you know, they talk about pro wrestling, which they're, they're very good at, but they're also very entertaining 
when they start uh, mixing in maybe some other sport talks, some pop culture and stuff. Uh, we also have New York Giants Rush, which is a Giants-specific talk show focusing on New York Giants. Um, some, uh, some of the podcasts that we have coming in, we have um, NBA Full Court Press, obviously NBA Talk. We have Bump and Run for Auto Racing. We have um, a live show that's been with us almost from the beginning called New York Sports Talk, which I actually stream in live every Saturday from Charlotte, North Carolina. We have a pretty good base of shows right now um, going from pretty much the East Coast. We do have somebody from Dallas coming in soon. So now I'm really, I mean, I spent the past year and a half really building the foundation of these shows, and now we're going to start really launching you know, the marketing efforts and uh, bringing in the uh, live sports programming. But I would say Malcolm the South Shore, New York Giants Rush. Um, and we have a lot of uh, broadcasters who are, are waiting in the wings, so to speak, until we really joyfully uh, launch uh, the network to everybody. Sounds great. Love the programming. Obviously, we're very familiar with the Mouth of the South Shore. Uh, I know they obviously they're covering a lot of wrestling. Are you yourself a big wrestling fan or not? One thing I was I'm not a big wrestling fan now, but when I was younger, my parents owned a business. So maybe from the ages of eight to about maybe eleven or so, you know, I would go to my grandmother's on Saturdays, maybe sleep over, you know, like, like most kids do when they're younger. And we had, we used to wake up on Saturday mornings and watch wrestling. Uh, if you remember back, I'm, I'm maybe dating myself, but back in the day, wrestling was on Saturday mornings. So oh, yeah. you know, I'm talking about Sergeant Slaughter, um, Bob Backlund, uh, Iron Sheik, George Animal Steel, uh, those type of the old school guys like that. And I tell you, when I was younger, I was thinking about this for a whole week before this interview. You know, I was one of the few kids that used to love going food shopping with my mom and dad. Why? Because they'd be food shopping in the shop, right? I'd sneak off to the uh, the little, um, uh, what do you call it, stationery store, I guess you would call it now. Now they're at 7-Eleven. But back then they were pretty much attached to the uh, food stores. And there were two things I'd look for as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old kid. I looked for the uh, pervs who would, who would move the uh, penthouse or Playboy down low. You know, so you can you know so you can see what's going on, and oh, then yeah. I look for the wrestling magazines. Because back then, I don't know, I'm not sure about today, but back then they were very graphic. You know, they showed the guy with the blood everywhere and everything. And I got a huge kick out of reading those wrestling magazines back in the day. Hey, that sounds uh, very similar to what we would be doing as well. It's uh, very very, uh, <laughs> very similar. Now, uh, on the show, are you uh, ever on Mount Vista Shore? Do you go on there and talk a little wrestling sometimes? Uh, I haven't yet. Um, I do. I know on New York Giants Rush, when the host, Craig Santucci, is unavailable that week, I will pop on and host a show with uh, with his broadcasters. I have yet to really jump on yet. Uh, what I normally do is I would cause they do a show pretty much 11, 30, 12 o'clock on a Monday night. I'd pretty much uh, drink a lot of coffee that day. And uh, I, I sit up with them and produce a show from behind the scenes. But I've yet, um, every so often I'll, I'll make a comment on on the Facebook connection we have to make sure everything's going correctly, no, going smoothly. But no, I have yet to really jump on there myself and uh, get involved. Uh, once I really get my um, whole setup in place, because I, I do travel out between Poughkeepsie, New York, and northern New Jersey. I go back and forth every week, like I'm leaving probably after this interview. So I work down there in Jersey. 
um, once I have a, a really permanent home for my soundboard and whatnot, I will set up the microphone 24-7 so I can you know, pop on every so often. So tell us, uh, how about the creative process? Are you, are you the kind of guy, because, I mean, I know with John and myself, I mean, you know, we're, uh, it's like all hours of the night, something pops in your head, and it's like, oh, my God, this is the greatest idea ever. Is there, has there been anything that, you know, you, you have a grand picture for, you just haven't been able to, uh, I guess, pull the trigger on it, so to speak? Well, I, I think um, a lot of this stuff we're talking about, a lot of the stuff's coming, coming to fruition starting in the summer, um, we're, we're going to be broadcasting the game of the week for the Hudson Valley Collegiate Baseball League, which is a league up here in the Hudson Valley, Poughkeepsie, Fishkill, um, Newburgh, extending from like Connecticut to the Poconos, where they are. It's a wooden bat only league. So for me, that is the start of something big because even in the fall, we have Nassau Community College football coming aboard. So I guess uh, what excites me is is not only creating shows. Um, but also getting more involved, getting the network more involved with the live sports programming uh, of of these of colleges or even lower level pro leagues. Because I feel that like an ESPN or CBS Sports or NBC or whoever Fox Sports, you know, they have their niche. But but if you really look deep into sports in America or sports on the East Coast, especially, there are a lot of other pro leagues or semi-pro leagues or, or college leagues that are getting undercovered by media. And that's where we want the I-95 to come in to support those leagues and give them a place to be um, heard, uh, both you know on the audio part and what we're really working on now on I-95 especially will be live streaming video, live streaming sports will probably be a big thing starting in the fall and uh, next year. But yeah, but there are a lot of times I'm a creative person. I'll I even have I even have dreams like maybe once a month that like a whole movie is is in my mind while I'm dreaming and I, I wake up like ready to call up a producer to say hey let's get this on the air right now it's it's the weirdest thing ever I have these complete movie dreams that just pop in my you know my head at night and I wake up oh yeah ready to like call my lawyer up to uh, secure the <laughs> the copyright <or> something. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> Now, if you had a crystal ball you can look in the future, let's just say maybe a couple of years from now, where do you see I-95 and where do you want them to be? I would see it as a publicly traded company, um, as a network that provides opportunities for sports fans, even, even former athletes, even former pro athletes. You know, a lot of these guys and gals want to get into uh, sports programming, but again, there are always so many networks out there. ESPN only hires stars. You know, if you're a, a real well-known regional player, maybe you'll make Fox Sports as a, say, college basketball analyst. I want to see I-95 to be a, at the very least, an East Coast-branded lifestyle channel where we're going to have sports talk, sports programming during the day into the early evenings, and at night we're going to offer comedy uh programming, maybe talk shows about movies and TV, um, music specials, concerts, uh, stuff like that. I mean, I love talking sports, but you know, I've also tried in the past a show about movies and entertainment, but in a talk show format. I think, I think, I think that's the next frontier of, of, of talk shows. Everybody talks sports. You can turn it on 
five or six stations on the radio right now that get you know get sports talk, but no one's really having that interactive talk show type discussion with other genres of you know entertainment or music or, or stuff like that. So I, I would see us down the road as a viable sports entertainment network, publicly traded with a lot of our initial broadcasters uh, being part of the management team and, you know, having ownership in what we're doing. Yeah, that's definitely, that's a great plan. And the website is i95sportsnetwork.com. It's talking sports East Coast style, Bobby Blackjack. Please tell the fine listeners of the two-man power trip of wrestling just exactly where they can find out a little bit more about you as well. Basically, myself. Uh, if you if you Google Bobby Blackjack, you'll see some pretty interesting videos from uh, the past uh, ten years or so. Uh, you know, about mid, about the mid two thousands, two thousand four, two thousand five. You know, is when I really got burnt out with my corporate life and decided to just leave it, throw it all away to do something on my own. You know, it, it's funny. I'm making a lot less money than I did on my corporate life, but I'm much more happier. And, you know, when this all comes to fruition, you know, my plans, it'll be, you know, even that much more, um, I don't know what I'm looking for, that much more satisfying to do something on your own. Uh, So one more about myself. uh, Hey, follow me on on Facebook. uh, I believe it's Bobby Blackjack, Guarente, G-U-A-R-E-N-T-E. Twitter, at Bobby Blackjack, or at I-95SportsNet. And, uh, you know, if you, if you look at some of the YouTube videos in the past, I've actually interviewed Howard Stern, um, Robin from, the, from, from his show, and other people in the past did some funny things out in, uh, on the West Coast for a while. But now I'm starting to you know, put all that, you know, stuff together on my own. And actually the video portion of things will be part of the future as well. I think little video clips that are all over uh, YouTube, I think, are the, are the present and the future of uh, entertainment. Totally, and uh, thanks so much for coming on, giving us all that great information, and uh, we urge everybody to go and check it out because it's uh, it's two man power trip of wrestling approved. Go check out uh, Mouth of the South Shore, and uh, those guys are doing a great job. But thanks a lot, Bobby. And we're back here on the. Man Power Trip of Wrestling podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Now, John, I'm going to welcome you in, and we're going to talk a little bit about Chavo Guerrero Jr., and Chavo has now de- debuting his new show, The Chavo Show, which is a really cool, different style of, uh, you know, somewhat man show, uh, web show with Geek Nation, and uh, we all know about Chavo, the wrestler, the Guerrero wrestling name being one of the most uh, famous names in the history of the wrestling business, but what are your overall impressions of Chavo and Chavo getting involved in the, not podcast medium, but the uh, on-demand media business and having the Chavo show, and what are you expecting uh, out of a show like his? And his first guest being the now late, great Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Oh, yeah, Chad. You got that right. Chavo Guerrero, what an awesome, awesome guest. And it's funny because you even mentioned it on the show how great he really was on other shows um, where he basically stole the show and he was like the best guest on other podcasts. So, you know, it's kind of funny that uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head and basically he lived up to our expectations of him being one of our you know greatest guests. And 
what a nice guy and then so personable so charismatic and such a good storyteller i mean you just get enthralled with everything he says so my overall impression would be chavo is awesome i love talking uh, to him i can't wait for part two eventually down the road when we talk to him again so I'm pumped about Chavo, and I'm pumped about his show on Geek Nation, which isn't a podcast. It's more of a video form. It's kind of, uh, you know, basically, as you mentioned, Piper, um, the late, great Hot Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper was his first guest. And they're, you know, basically just shooting the shit, shooting the breeze, and uh, drinking a couple beers, and just hanging out, telling basically cool uh, wrestling stories. So that's cool, and it's something different, because uh, sometimes these shows... um, you know, with the wrestler hosting, it can kind of, you know, maybe get out of hand or uh, maybe just be too much of the same thing as far as podcast world is concerned. But as far as the way he's going about it and the way he's doing it with uh, Geek Nation, it's very, very cool and it's very different. And that's something I like it, uh, you know, about it. And the Piper episode is definitely a good one. And I really think the show is going to be great. Yeah, totally. I agree. I think the show is going to be really cool. It's going to be quite different. But let's talk about Chavo as a wrestler. And when you think about Chavo Guerrero, you think about Eddie Guerrero, Uncle Eddie, as we talked about in great detail. But one of the things that you brought to his attention that he really got fired up about was uh, the acknowledgement of Eddie Guerrero being one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, unfortunately, after his passing. And it really struck a nerve with Chavo, and he really gave us a great response to it. But I guess what is your uh, overall impression of Chavo Guerrero as a worker and how maybe Eddie Guerrero made him a better wrestler, but is it really in the blood? I mean, that the whole family is legendary in terms of professional wrestling. Mondo, Hector, Chavo Sr., and of course, you know, Eddie himself. But, you know, what are your impressions of Chavo as a worker? And are there any Chavo uh, matches that stand out to you as maybe being one of your favorites? Yeah, you know what? I really kind of, uh, I wouldn't say struck a nerve, but I really got a great answer from Chavo about Uncle Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, and how basically, you know, he was almost uh, underrated, you would say, when he was alive and underappreciated. But if you were a fan like me and like you, obviously, we thought he was one of the best wrestlers in the world and like, can't wait till this guy gets a push and can't wait till this guy really, you know, gets, gets what he deserves and he's, you know, he's just one of the top wrestlers. I mean, if he's not the greatest in-ring wrestler ever, he's the top five, top ten for 100% sure. He's one of the greatest in-ring of all time. And Chavo, I mean, he made a great point that he's almost frustrated by it because people didn't acknowledge it when he Eddie was alive. And, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it stung a little bit. But it, it is good that, you know, at least now people are starting to realize he was one of the greatest of all time. And, you know, his legacy is is, you know, unforgettable and undeniable. So, I mean, at least that's a good thing. And it's funny you, you, you said that, you know, Mondo and Hector and Chavo Classic and uh, obviously Uncle Eddie and Chavo himself, the Guerrero name is just synonymous with being a great worker. And it, it's true. It must be something in the blood. They are just great, great wrestlers. They're all good workers, especially Eddie and especially Chavo. So, um I mean, it's it's kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think all the Guerreros are just good workers, and it's it must be in the blood, if if you will. Now, you said Chavo as a worker too. You, you mentioned that. I thought he was an unbelievable worker, almost to like his uncle Eddie, where he was underrated to a point. I mean, the guy had great matches after great matches, and such a crisp, like clean, great worker could have a good match with anybody. And it's funny we're talking about. 
uh, Chavo beforehand, and then you just mentioned now again about some of his favorite matches, and I can't help but uh, mention Eddie Guerrero again. And his matches with Uncle Eddie were great. Uh, him as a tag team, as the Los Guerreros were great. When they teamed in WCW, they were great. So anything involving Eddie and Chavo, I loved. But my favorite matches, possibly, just because the chemistry was just undeniable and it was just great, and I love him, was his matches against Ray Mysterio Jr. The WCW feud was great. I mean, they had some classic barn burner matches. And then in the WWF, they had great matches as well. Or, excuse me, WWE had great matches as well. So it's funny. They just keep um, from WCW. They, you know, he went to WWF or WWE in uh, 2002-ish when, uh, when Ray debuted. And they feuded there for a while. And they feuded again and then again. And it was just like, man, just have these guys wrestle nonstop because uh, guess what? These guys have got awesome chemistry together, and hopefully we'll see them wrestle Season 2, Lucha Underground. So, uh, Chavo talks a little bit about that in the interview. So, that would be great. Oh, yeah, totally. You can't forget the fact that Chavo versus Ray might be the most anticipated feud for the next season of Lucha Underground. And it seems like, like you said, every place that these guys go and they have matches together, they're off the charts and have a great chemistry. So that is definitely something to look forward to. And as well as something else to look forward to is what you can find at audible.com. And with the two-man power trip 30-day free trial of Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash two-man power trip, or you could actually go on our website and check out the link to Audible. You can get over 180,000 titles for your smartphone, your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, your MP3 player. Try it today. It's audibletrial.com slash two-man power trip in prime time. What else could you tell us about audible.com? Maybe a suggestion? And a little two-man power trip of a wrestling business while you're at it. And yes, as Chad mentioned, audible.com. Please go to audibletrial.com slash two-man power trip for your free trial today. And one book you'll definitely be hugely interested in, and I highly, highly recommend, is the Daniel Bryan Yes book. So if you're going to go to Audible trial.com slash two-man power trip and check out the yes book daniel bryant improbable journey to the main event at wrestlemania and now some tmpt business like us on facebook follow us on twitter at wrestling pal and at two-man power trip please subscribe to us on youtube we are always putting up some great clips recently a really good one with kamala talking about racism and is hulk racist is Vince racist? Good, good stuff there from Kamala. Just awesome stuff. And one of my favorite uh, clips that we've actually put up is the one we just put up of Glacier talking about WCW, Eric Bischoff, and all the happenings in the backstage area of WCW. So please check that out. Also subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback lately, and we love it, so keep the ball rolling. Also, while you're on iTunes, check out the feed and check out past great episodes, including two different episodes we did with the legendary Austin Idol, Jim Ross, Jesse the Body Ventura, Kane, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, Nikita Koloff, and so many more. So please check that out. Also check out the website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. And now without any further ado, 
the Mexican warrior himself, Chavito. Ooh, Chavo, one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. He was one of our favorites. He's just, what a great guest and what a great wrestler. Without any further ado, folks, please enjoy this episode with Chavo Guerrero Jr. All right, today's guest is known in the ring as the Mexican Warrior, but his family lineage and last name sum up everything there is to say about the man, and that is Guerrero. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling, the man himself, Ooh, Chavo, Chavo Guerrero Jr., thank you for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. <laughs> hey, guys, how you doing? The two-man power trip of wrestling, I love it. <laughs> awesome, yeah, cool, well, we're man. so happy to I, have I, you, man. I'm, and... I'm, I'm the, I'm the one-man power trip here in my house, so nobody <laughs> listens to me, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a little uh, risky business with the, uh, you know, the sunglasses and the, uh, the button down. There you go. <laughs> so, Chavo... So you're entering the podcast game by, by debuting the new Chavo show as part of Geek Nation. And I got to well, tell well, you something. It's not a podcast. It's not really a podcast. Okay. That's what I, I didn't want to do was a podcast because it would be just another wrestler's podcast. You know what I'm saying? So I'm doing more. It's, it's a, an interview you see on the net. You know, and, you know, the way that, you know, people's interest spans go, it would be a quick little, uh, you know, 12 to 19-minute really uh, – little video thing, but it's actually, instead of just a podcast of us talking, it'll be us, uh, you can see us actually interacting. Yeah, and I got to tell you, and that was, uh, it's funny, because that was one clarification John and I were trying to make before uh, you came on here, was that we wanted to make sure that it wasn't a podcast, because we were trying to decipher basically the preview that we, we, we've seen. It's not your traditional podcast, and the reason I say podcast, and with you in that same genre, is because You've yeah. pretty much been the best podcast guest on every podcast you've been on for all the big name <laughs> uh, superstar podcasts that are out there. Some of the best stories, some of the best lines. But uh, so, what finally brought all this together for you, and what can we look forward to on the Chavo Show? Well, first of all, thank you for that. You know, I enjoy doing those podcasting times, and uh, you know, kind of try to give a good little interview. And sometimes they work, sometimes it doesn't. But I've had a couple of successes, but. Uh, um, you know, the way this came about is, you know, it's kind of been in the works for a long time. Actually, right before the podcast kind of craze started to come along, you know. So, I mean, there were people were doing podcasts, but it wasn't like, you know, now where there's, you know, 15, 20 different wrestlers I got them. Um, it was kind of people were just kind of breaking into it. Like, I think Chris Jericho just had one and maybe Steve Austin. That was kind of about it. You know, Goldberg was getting ready to do one. I know Cole Cabana was. JR didn't even have his yet. So, uh you know, we just started kind of kicking this around, and this is something that, that uh, we decided to do on the platform of the Internet here at Geek Nation just because it's something different. You know, we, we, we started kicking around some ideas, and instead of a interview where I'm interviewing somebody and asking them questions, it was more of it's a fun show. It's two guys hanging out or three guys or two guys and a girl or whatever it is, but depending what guests I have on. But it's just us hanging out and doing what I kind of do anyways with my friends is, is – kind of have a couple of beers and just, you know, shoot the shit. And that's kind of what we're doing on the podcast. We're not getting too personal, you know, um, uh, like Rampage Jackson, is, uh, for example, is a good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, whenever we, we hang out, I'm not asking him, hey, when did you start your MMA career? Because he's answered that question a hundred times. I'm asking him, hey, man, when's the first time you got your ass kicked in high school or, or in, in, in your middle school or whatever, you know? And that's the question that I'm asking, you know? I'm asking him, hey, what was the first car you had sex in? That kind of stuff. 
And that's not necessarily <laughs> what, what, a, what a podcast is going to say. You know, your podcast is going to you know, let somebody tell some stories and that kind of stuff and kind of just get to the, the grid of somebody. But that's not really what I'm – I'm not asking for that. So basically, if, if, even if you're not a fan, you can tune in, and if you don't really, you know, give a crap about the, the, the guest, you're going to laugh because it's just two guys or, you know, two, three people hanging out and just having fun, you know, cu- drinking a couple beers on set, and, and I got a uh, – Real cute little bartender girl that that helps me out, and she's my my co-host. But we just kind of just all look at her and kind of laugh and <laughs> try try to uh, you know make jokes and and you know do the stupid things that guys do when girls are around and they're trying to get their attention, you know <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, we got to say, there's already a buzz that's surrounding the Chavo show because of the fact it was uh, you know let out there that. Your first guest that you recorded with was now, I, I can't even believe I'm saying it, the, the late Rowdy Roddy Piper, which it still it hasn't set in yet, but I can't imagine from your perspective having one of your shows in the can and being as the first one, talk about the Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, Chavo show and uh, how that was and what we can expect from that. Well, man, the way that that uh, came about was, you know, and like you said, it's kind of sad that we even talking about that right now, but that was going to be my, my pilot episode. That actually was probably the fourth episode that I filmed, but it was Roddy Piper, you know, so we were, he was telling us they live stories and how that came about. And it was, it was, you know, I've known the guy since I was five years old. So just the, you know, the camaraderie of us hanging out together was, was really cool. And I think that came across on camera, but then, you know, when he passed, uh, it was one of those that where we, you know, I the show's not even really ready right now. You know, we still got some more episodes to film. We, we just got a new set. So we were kind of we were thinking, what do we do? Do we scrap this episode? But it was just so good, you know. It was like, ah, what do, this is like, I want people to see Roddy the way I knew Roddy, you know. So I was like, let's just, let, let's let's air it. Let's get get it out there and, and just see what people think. And, you know, it's, it's creating a great buzz, you know. And, again, you know, Roddy Piper is, you know, getting ratings and, and steaming the show, you know, and thank God he was able to help me out in doing it, you know. So it's kind of, um, it's a bittersweet thing. It's one of those that I'm happy and proud of that it's out there, but at the same time, you know, I'm missing my friend. Now, uh, at first I was thinking about asking you a question about uh, Pepe the horse. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll refrain from hey. that and I'll... Hey, you know what, man? I I I relish all those, man. I love all those questions and stuff because I've had so many different little gimmicks and stuff going that around, you know, in, in my years of wrestling. And you know, when people ask me about all that stuff, I'm kind of like, cool. I'm kind of like, oops, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, all that all that stuff, whether it be me being a white guy or me being, you know, misfit and action stuff. All that came about was, you know, a lot of times was was not being on TV and trying to get yourself back on TV, you know, so when they pitch something to you, sometimes you say, uh, well, that's not what I probably would pitch for myself, you know, <laughs> if it was up to us, we'd all be the uh, heavyweight champion, you know, the John Cena or the, the, the Batista, but, you know, when they give me something, it's kind of like, okay, let's, let's knock it on the park, let's, let's, let's run with it, and one thing that, that I think, and, you know, I've been told also is that I've kind of shown on TV what that I've, able, I've been able to do everything. I've been able to be a tag team wrestler, a singles wrestler, a, a heel, a face, uh, a different character, make people laugh, make people cry, make people hate me, you know, work with big guys, work with small guys. So I kind of have run the gambit a little bit and kind of shown that I can kind of, you know, in a sense, kind of do everything. 
and that was was cool. That translates over to to Hollywood and L.A. a lot, to where they kind of start seeing this char- character, this, uh, different ones that I play on TV, and, and they start thinking, wow, this guy can kind of, you know, he can do some stuff. So being on Lucha Underground now, the way we film it is like, you know, a, a movie that you you got, you got to be able to act a little bit, you know. So we go back there and, you know, directors get chasing, you know, likes working with me because we can go and knock it out in a few takes, you know, so kind of it's worked to my advantage here. Now, another guy who uh, obviously was very, very, very well associated with you, and he's probably, if not one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, the greatest in-ring performer of all time, and that's Uncle Eddie, Eddie Guerrero. What are your memories of Uncle Eddie? I mean, you guys are so close for so long, and you guys had such a great run in WCW and then again in the WWE. You know what? That's funny that you guys say that, you know, because Eddie went, if you remember, if you look back, he went a long time with just being overlooked and overlooked and overlooked and passed over and, and constantly passed over and told even, you know, it, in, you know, WWE that he was, he's just a cruiserweight. You're just, well, you're just a cruiserweight. You're, you're never going to really make it to the big level, the, 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 the big show. You're never going to be the guy. And you know what? And that, Eddie, we all knew that Eddie was great, you know, and the fans, I think, knew that he was great. But it's like, because he wasn't six foot ten, you know, and he wasn't 300 pounds, that, you know, he was always the guy, and that's something that's kind of been a, a blessing but a curse for the Guerreros, too, is that we've always been those guys that could work, that get those people over that couldn't get themselves over, you know what I'm saying? So, Eddie was in that spot for a long time, a long time. And even after he was the world champion at WWE, he went back, and you remember, he he ended up working with Luther Reigns. You know, they wanted him to get this big, you know, Kurt Angle's henchman over, you know. And and Eddie was pissed. Eddie was like, gosh, man, I'm just coming off a world champion run, and now you want me to, you know, get a guy over that. He's like, I should be working with with Triple H, with, with Shawn Michaels. But they put him back and start getting guys over because he was just, you know, he was that good. So I'm, I'm glad that people actually realize that now, and they always say, "Ah, he was one of the best English performers." But it took him a long, long, long time to get that recognition, you know. So, if you, does that make any sense? Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, it is funny because he's for a while was so underrated, and now it's you know finally he gets his due. But it's you know it's a shame. It's almost like yeah. Too late. You should have recognized him when he was, you know, the best. And you know, looking oh, back, yeah. it, for sure, for sure. You know what? It makes me kind of angry a little bit that people are always saying, "Oh, he's so he's so good, he's so good." Well, like, yes, he. You know, it was like 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 CM Punk, the same thing. We already knew that he was really good. He had a threat in leaving the company and stuff before they actually put the rocket on him for a little bit. And then after that, you know, you saw what happened. But you know, it, it's it's sometimes you know they we're always the guys that are just the held down guys are the ones that are kind of the best ones making everybody else look good, but they're so good at their craft that no one else can make them look good, you know? So they're, they're stuck in a, in a, in a, in a rut, just always putting people over. Yep. Definitely. Did you enjoy teaming with Eddie more? Or did you enjoy wrestling him more? Uh, you know, teaming with him a lot. You know, I definitely enjoyed wrestling against him just because, you know, we could just beat each other up a little bit. And, you know, we knew that there was the love there, that we weren't really going to kill each other. But then we were going to, you know, beat each other up, and there was no animosity. It was always, you know, if I potatoed him or if he potatoed me, we would, uh, you know, say, sorry, 
but you owe me, you know, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. But working together as a tag team, I love because when we were kids, that was our our dream was not to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Our dream was to be the tag team champions of the world. Um, and we'd always wear, you know, my dad and my Uncle Hector, my dad and Uncle Mondo's tag team belts and pretend that we were the champs. So when we actually achieved that dream in Madison Square Garden of all places at Survivor Series, you know, against you know, four of the other arguably greatest wrestlers at that time, you know, Kurt Ben, uh, 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 Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Rey Mysterio, and Edge. Well, you know, all former world champions. It was, um, it was, you know, just one of our dreams, you know. So us together in the ring, I don't think at that time, and there was a lot of great tag teams, I think we were the best. I thought we were the best tag team at that time. And, you know, we get the Hardys, the Dudleys. Um, you know, there was a lot. Edge and Christian were still around here and there. There was a lot of really, really good tag teams. But I just think that at that time, as far as overall, you know, as far as wrestling and performance and entertaining and kind of doing everything, I I, I feel that that me and Eddie were that no one could touch us at that time. We were just like in the zone, you know. So so teaming with with him was was I think the best, just because we we never even had to talk matches or. We just we knew each other so well. We've been doing this in the backyard, in the ring, in the backyard since we were, you know, basically born. That it just came so natural to us. Do you have a favorite moment with him, like teaming with him? I know you said Survivor Series that was huge, and you guys won the tag titles. I was actually there that day. That that, that was awesome. That match was awesome. But was there a tag match that you had with Eddie? Maybe even in WCW. Tag match. You know what? A lot of the tag matches, and I say a lot of matches. Were the ones you kind of didn't didn't see a lot because you know the ones that's not on TV because there was no time limit limit and we just kind of go crazy out there. But yeah, I really liked when they were calling us a SmackDown Six, uh, kind of unbeknownst to us that they were putting us all together and you know the, that name kind of came up to us. But when we were doing those feuds against you know Angle and Benoit and then Mysterio and and Edge and then those two would wrestle it. We just got all all six of us intertwining all the time. That I think was the, the best time. Because yeah, we just you know we those guys were all every one of them was so good and we could just gel in there and just 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 rock the house and whatever whatever combination came out was great. We didn't have to carry them, they didn't have to carry us, you know. They'd bring it and we'd bring it. So it was just one of those just that was just a, a special time, kind of a magic time I think in wrestling in general. Definitely, definitely. The SmackDown Six is very memorable, and a man that was a part of the SmackDown Six that kind of goes hand in hand with almost like your entire career. I won't say your entire career, but a big chunk of your career in WCW, and then again in the WWE. You guys had many, many feuds, and that's Ray Mysterio Jr. You talk yeah. about your, you working with Ray a little bit. Ray, man, was so good. I loved working him. Ray was just one of those guys. Just one of those. You know, and I say it a lot. There was a lot of people that say they're, God, these guys just as good as Rey Mysterio. <laughs> There's only one Rey Mysterio, and that's it. There's a lot of, lot of, lot of other great wrestlers, but there's only one Rey. And I think we all say that, you know, and a lot of other wrestlers will actually tell you that. So I love wrestling Rey. It was one of those things that we would just get in the ring together and just, it was, again, we could tear it down together. We could just go, 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 you know? Definitely. Awesome feud. And and he's one of the, uh, you know, he's definitely one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And yeah, 
Yeah, you know, and, and I don't think that that feud is actually over in Hint. Hopefully, in Lucha Underground, <laughs> will be uh, will be reigniting that, and that's something that um, people have been waiting for. And you know, and if that if second season comes around, which it will, just they're not sure when, but when that comes around, and hopefully if the stars align correctly, we'll uh, we'll rekindle that feud and um, try to create a little magic in the ring again. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and I, I hate to say that's been one of the biggest things that everybody's been waiting for since Mysterio left the WWE. But when you left the WWE, I think that you really had a buzz around you because you had been kind of isolated for so long into being you know, on a lot of the house shows and not really having the greatest spot on TV towards the end. But the, uh, the buzz when you left and when you went to TNA and then the indie shots that you were making, uh, did you feel it and that the Guerrero legacy was totally embraced? By the non WWE crowds? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. You know, they, they, the fans are so awesome. They 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 remember and they love the the Guerreros. They they enjoy entertainment and they, they show us the respect out there and, and they just you know like watching us and they're fans of us, which is great. I mean, so we I definitely felt the love, you know, and I still do. I get it out there and you know, fans. I've been around long enough to when you know they're supposed to boo me, they boo me. When they're supposed to cheer me, they cheer me. You know, so. Uh, in fact, when I, the, the, one of my last matches in Lieutenant Brown, I was wrestling Prince Puma and legitimately got hurt in the ring. So these fans, and it was, it was packed. They were going from Chavo sucks, Chavo sucks, Chavo So after I got hurt in the ring and kind of the match finished and they came to help me out, as they were, like, the uh, trainers came in to help me out of the ring, I stopped, I grabbed the microphone and I, and I just addressed the crowd real quick and I said, guys, I'm sorry, you know, sometimes, you know, we're, we want to do stuff and our bodies don't let us. That same people that were chanting Chavo sucks were now chanting, thank you, Chavo, thank you, Chavo. So it's one of, and they're standing, you know, standing ovation. So it's, it, it, they appreciate the hard work that has been put for 75 years in this, uh, in this business, you know. Oh, yeah, totally. There's nothing that you can deny of anything you just said. But how about the jump to uh, Lucha Underground and how that's gone so far? And such a unique product and such a unique uh, display in the way they, they have their show formatted. But what what's it felt like from your point of view? You know what? We always um, – one thing that's been presented to us and with Mark Burnett, the uh, show creator and executive producer, uh, what he really told us, and which I agree, was that – he goes, I would rather um, fail being different than the WWE than succeed being the same. Because if you think about it, you know, WWE is, they are the Coca-Cola of wrestling. There's, they're the big ones out there. So anybody that does anything like them is going to be the RC Cola. It's going to be a knockoff. You can't, they're just so big, you can't do it. So you have to do it different. And everybody says, they're different, they're different, they're different. But really nobody is. And, you know, they got a couple of different things here and there, okay, whatever, but it's all shot the way wrestling has been shot for, you know, 20, 30 years. Is, you know, backstage segments on video where two guys are walking down the hallway and there just happens to be a cameraman there. And, you know, we are doing it different. And we are shooting it like a movie to where backstage, a lot of times in wrestling you have, the, the, you get them with the wrestling but then when you go to the backstage segments, you will lose the fans a little bit. Well, we it's almost the opposite of us to where they love the wrestling, but then they see the, the backstage vignettes where it's kind of like you know, it's a movie. And then 
they go back to the wrestling, they're kind of like, like wow, it just enhances the, the matches that much more. So, I mean, we, we, we have a, a character, Drago, who's a dragon, who flies away. We have a, this Aerostar who shoots off to the cosmos, and it works because of the way we shoot it. We never break that kayfabe, and it's, it's a movie. It's a movie, and I think it comes across that way. And I, and I, call, it, I call it the Breaking Bad of wrestling because it's kind of like what it is, just so gritty and, and, and different, you know. And I'm sure you guys probably felt the same way. After the first the first episode you saw, I'm sure you were kind of like, wow, that's, that's different. I'm not sure what to think about this yet. But after the second and third and fourth episode you saw, I'm sure you were like, wow, this is, wow, wow, this is some totally different stuff. Am I, is that right? Yeah, oh, totally. By, the, by that third episode, you didn't buy into expecting something different. You bought into something that you were now watching as part of another product, and I think that's what's fantastic about it. But now, did they pick your brain at all with, yes, they could do all the different stuff that hasn't been done in wrestling before, but did anybody come to you and say, like, Chavo, is there anything that you feel like we need to bring in to make it more of a pro wrestling feel? For sure, it was a collaboration with a lot of guys. You know what I mean, it wasn't just my, you know, Chris Joseph or Eric Van Wagen or, or, or um, you know, Robert Rodriguez, uh, you know, he's other executive producer and the owner of the LA Network. It, it wasn't really any one person. We just, it just kind of came together. I had my, my thoughts, you know, Conan from, from AAA came in and he had his thoughts. We all kind of added just a little bit to it. And, and, and there was some, you know, agreement and disagreement. So, you know, thought somebody else was right and whatever, but I think it just came to the right, it just achieved right after I saw the first episode, when I saw the production value and I saw just the way things were shot, I, I pulled the rusters aside and I said, guys, we got to step our game up because it's usually the production trying to catch up to us. It was us trying to catch up to the production, man. It was, it was I saw it and was blown away the first time I saw it, just the cinematography and, just the way they shot everything, man, I was, it was just totally different, you know. So, yeah, I was, I, I felt the, um, the not, not the buzz, but I felt the, the energy of there. I knew it was going to be something different. I knew this was something going to be something really good, especially I saw after I saw the set. And then when I saw the first episode, it, I mean, it just blew me away. So uh, I, I think whatever we did and whoever talked and however combination came about it, we did something right. You know, as we start to wind it down here, always a question I'm interested, especially a wrestler of your caliber, because you feuded with uh, Benoit and Angle and Eddie and Rey Mysterio and CM Punk and even Blue Demon Jr., who's a legend. Do you have a favorite match or maybe matches that you've had in the business? Uh, you know what, again, the matches that are our favorite, and a lot of wrestlers will tell you this, are the, are the matches that sometimes aren't televised just because of the fact that you know, when we're televised, we have, you know, 10, 10 minutes or 12 minutes or 18 minutes. A lot of times we'll go out there and wrestle, you know, 25, 30 minutes on a house show and just go where the match takes you. And that, that, those are, you know, those are great. One of my favorite matches, I'll tell you real quick, and uh, it was with Evan Bourne. Evan Bourne can do anything in the ring. But one time we were in um, in Europe and we were in France and we are doing a, a – uh, a show in France, and it was the first time at this city, at this, this, uh, this arena, and that's when the um, Iceland uh, volcano hit. So we were we were all stuck there, but we couldn't fly. So we're going from one country to another, and we're traveling like 24 hours on a bus just trying to make this show, 
and we weren't going to make the show. We were going to get there at nine o'clock, and we had to be done out of there by ten o'clock just because of the because we had to catch us a ferry to Scotland, and we closed, and it, it was just we weren't really going to make the show. So the bus pulls over, and a little you know police escort comes you know, comes next to us, and they put me, Evan, a the trainer, and um, the referee in in this little Mercedes little minivan. And we went about 120 miles an hour to, to the town and got there first. And they basically told us, uh, just go until we tell you not to go, until we tell you to stop. So I think me and Evan went probably about 40 minutes in the ring, and we just tore it down. With a combination of the fans, the first time them seeing wrestling, combination of me and Evan in the ring, and just it was just one of those just awesome, awesome nights. And when we got done, people were just like, like blown away, like, what the heck did we just see? And then, I, then everybody else, and we were at a time limit, so everybody else, the main event's going five minutes, you know, because they, we had to, they had to get out of there. So it was just one of those really cool nights. So that, I always say that that was a great, that was a great fun match. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds very awesome, very cool. Now, Chavo, before we let you go, before we just get to the big plug for the Chavo Show, just want to ask a quick question. Now, we usually ask at the end, you know, the legacy of what you did in the business or where you're going to see yourself in five years. But where do you see the legacy of the Guerrero name in five years as we continue on? Because I know other members of your family are also competing in the business. So where do you see the Guerrero name in five years? You know what, I think uh, we're always going to be tied to wrestling, you know. And it's some on-camera position, whether we're wrestling or whether it's general manager or whether it's well, – now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a producer also. So, you know, whether it be behind the scenes. And we're going to be tied to wrestling somehow just because we've done it for so long and there's so much knowledge in, in, that we've been taught, you know. So in five years, I, I hope, hope to see us some facet of wrestling. Now, now I don't really put all my eggs in one basket anymore. You know, me being in L.A., I'm able to do some movies and have a travel show. I have a comic book coming out, Lion Force Comics. So I kind of got my, my my hand in other parts of entertainment, you know. So, you know, that being said, you know, I, I'm actually driving to L.A. right now to have a meeting about about an app for iPhone, you know, so iPhone and Android right now. So I kind of got my, got, got my hooks out there a lot, you know. So sometimes you got to just put them out there and, you know, one in ten hit, you know, whatever it is, but you keep going and keep going. So... In five years, to answer that question, man, we're, we're, somehow we'll be we'll be tied with wrestling. I don't know how, but you know, hopefully that we're still relevant in the wrestling world and uh, not just one of those people that they remember. Like, oh, hey, that was a great family back then. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure that we'll be somehow still tied to wrestling. Awesome, oh. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that app uh, maybe would be a possible resurgence of uh, Kerwin White game in some way, uh-huh, shape, or right, form. Right. <laughs> Hey, hey Colonel White's money, golf adventure. I will, I will embrace it. I will embrace it. It's making me money. <laughs> Very nice. Well, please tell us everything there is for the Chavo Show and where we can find Chavo Guerrero Jr. Okay, man, guys, look at geeknation.com and look at the top, look at shows. You'll see the Chavo Show. Uh, you'll see uh, my comic book coming out in a few months called The Warrior's Creed. Uh, Chavo Guerrero, basically, comic book with Lion Sports Comics. Uh, Fabio, Fabian uh, Nacenza, who actually wrote Deadpool, is actually writing it, so people are already buzzing about it. That's actually really, really cool. You can follow me on Twitter at MexWarrior, on Instagram at Chavaguero Jr., uh, and I hope I didn't leave anything out, but basically you'll see, you'll see a lot more from Chavo. There's, uh, there's a lot more coming, a lot more to, uh, for me to uh, entertain these fans for it, so 
I always appreciate you guys supporting the Travel Travel Grill and the Grill family. So, orale, viva la raza. All right. Nice. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, Chavo. Thanks for giving us the time on your ride. No, guys, thank you very much, man. And God bless you guys. Let me know if that works for you. All right. Thank oh, you. Oh, it's great.